Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. We are on the air with Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast with a 60-minute time limit. The man this episode is your host, the King of the North, Sick Vic. Just want to give everyone a quick reminder that the Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast merchandise is here. Try saying that five times real fast. Short sleeves and long sleeves and hoodies are for sale, locally made. Contact me on Instagram to take a look at what we have and to place an order through Instagram on Killing the Business Podcast on Linktree or anywhere you find find this show. Facebook, Instagram, Linktree, I'll answer everything. But that's podcasting news. Let's get to our guest. He is Mr. Everything, actor, artist, filmmaker, and most importantly, a professional wrestler. Tim Banks is with us today. How are you doing, sir? How are you, sir? I am doing well, considering it's raining here in Southern Vermont, but my kid's been sick for a couple of past couple of days, so at least she's getting better. Oh, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, postponed podcast shows and everything because of it so it's good to be back on the air good my man yeah and i'm glad it's contained because you know usually the family situations usually one person gets sick the whole family gets sick type deal so i'm glad it's uh not too uh not too out of control over there well it was a stomach ailment and all we kept on saying was at least it's not covid yeah no, no. at least it's not covid you know at least we don't have to go through the worries of the stomach well okay yeah, it's hard to believe it's been two years now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about the other day. It doesn't feel like two years. Yeah. But how, how is it over in California, the COVID situation? Is it more controlled? Uh, it's pretty nuts. I feel like we're the last ones to get back to normal. Like, we're, we're still not completely back to normal yet. I know they just lifted the mask mandate, like, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, there's that, and then the schools... The schools are just now kind of getting back to normal, like getting going back to classes. So, yeah, we're just now getting back to where we used to be. It's funny, like I was just driving like the other day, and I remember, man, just driving during COVID and there being no streets, no cars on the street at all. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a ghost ghost town out here, and now it's back to normal. Yeah, hopefully, it'll stay like that when the fall and winter time hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we haven't had summer yet, so I'm going way ahead and out. That's all right. <laughs> so let's talk about you, sir. If you could describe your professional wrestling journey only using one word, what would it be and why? Uh, different. Different. Um, my journey is kind of different because I kind of started, I kind of started like, uh, I've been in and out of the business for a while now. Like, I've, what, oh, what, you know, maybe I want to try a little promoting try this and try that. And then I finally decided to start wrestling about 10 months before COVID started. So that's when my training started. And then uh, COVID happened and I kind of didn't stop. I kind of maybe took three months off and then kept training through COVID. And uh, yeah, <laughs> as a result, I caught COVID twice. But uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a very fun journey for me. Like I, right now I'm 35. And so, and I was 32 when I started. So yeah. <laughs> sick for sorry how long were you sick for when you had covid ah uh, the first time it was like a month Shit, yeah it was like a month i lost about 30 pounds and uh yeah i the first time i got it actually i didn't know it was covid 
I just thought I got normal sick. And then like, I went back to wrestling training and I couldn't do basic things, you know, in the ring. Like I get gassed really quickly. And they're like, why are you, why are you out of shape? Like usually this is easy for you. I'm like, yeah, I know, which is weird. And then literally, literally uh, my birthday happened and then COVID happened a week later, like the whole city shut down. So. Yeah. We lived in uh, Portland, Maine and we decided to move down. Like I told you before, because of, kids and everything and six months after we moved from the city to the countryside COVID hit oh, and we're just like Jesus Christ we, got, we just got out of there oh wow just in time because you know up in Portland Maine it's all about the restaurant business you know it's a coronary mm. city and if the restaurants are closed down the city is pretty much closed down yeah so Man. so did you always want to become a professional wrestler or did it just like fall in your lap it's, it's weird for me because I've always loved uh, acting. I've always loved acting, filmmaking, and pro wrestling. For me, when it, the first time I saw uh, pro wrestling really was like, uh, probably maybe Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, you know? And I thought, what is this? What is this? And then I saw Goldust, and I was like, what is this all about? And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of grew up as a 90s kid. Um, but uh, I've been filmmaking out here first, and then about literally about three or four years ago, I decided to get into the wrestling business because the reason why uh, I feel weird saying this, because if you ask me on any given day, I'll give you multiple reasons why I do what I do. But um, just to tell you straight up, it's more of a bucket list thing for me. Like I don't want to be 50, 60 years old and say, I didn't try it. I didn't go out there and do it, you know? But if this, I'm a firm believer. Of, you know why you could do it? Cause you can. Because you can absolutely, yeah. Right, you, you can. That's mm-hmm. that's that's it. In yeah. A, in a day of social media, when you have to explain yourself, no, it's great. You can. Boom. Yeah. You <laughs> so how long yeah. did this, this training uh, take you? The school take you? Uh, so I trained at Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, and it's usually about a year of training. Uh, so I was ten months in, and then COVID happened, and I came up. I came back and finished up last year. Um. But uh, yeah, it's, it's about a year's worth of training. Tell us about your first match. Oh, my first fast match was against uh, Alexander Vega, very good friend. And uh, yeah, he was, a, he was great to work with, man. We wrestled in Arizona, Reno, Arizona. And uh, in front of a, oh, I'm trying to remember now, it was more of a, like a flea market. It was, it was like a flea market that shut down or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that was my first match. It actually went 20, about 18 minutes. Yeah. But did you win? Uh, I did not win, unfortunately, yeah. no. <laughs> Most of the people say their first match, it was a quick match. You were 18 minutes is the longest anyone said their first match was. Yeah, so, they, so they was, like, did you win? Can you copy it? Like, no. Uh. <laughs> it was one of those, the card is always subject to change things. Like, first it was a tag match, then it became a singles match, then it was 11 minutes, and then right before about to go on, you know, oh, we need you guys to stretch this out. And then, uh, yeah, it ended up being at 18, almost 20 minutes. Was wrestling a lot easier or harder for you when you started school? Um, wrestling was a lot easier for me. I picked up a lot of things uh, very easily. It didn't get hard to me until the psychology part of it, aspect of it. That's when I, my con- it was more so my confidence level, um, kind of like fluctuating up and down at the time. But uh, yeah, it was, in terms of like the, maybe the first eight months of training was pretty easy for me. What wrestler influences your style in the ring? 
Oh, uh, there's a few. Uh, I'm going to say Undertaker, Rob Van Dam, for sure. He was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, Randy Orton. I, I learned a lot, not just not not just as a fan, but like as a wrestler, just watching Randy Orton and the way he moves and the way he not only presents himself, but the less is more. He does so much with so very little, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah I learned a lot from those guys. Oh, and Kenny Omega, that's another guy, like, there's certain his certain uh i like his agility the way he can do a little bit of everything you know you know he's a little bit of a strong man a little bit of a uh, an acrobatic type a little bit of a high flyer a little bit of everything which is what i really like do you think rvd's career was sent off in the right way because it, it's like an ECW. he was like the 17 month television champion he was bringing all he goes to WWE. Yeah, they gave him the WWE title, but after he lost it, it was just like nothing. For a yeah. minute, you think he should have had a better send off than what he did? God. Yeah, I. You know what? I think he was poised to be the like the. I don't want to say the the John Cena, but he was close to be kind of close to like their their next top guy. And that and then that uh, that that incident with him and Sabu when they got pulled over, I think, kind of derailed that whole thing especially with the trust issues with WWE at that point. So once you get caught with a car full of drugs and you're, and you have, you're the ECW and WWE champion, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to bounce back after that, depending on who you are. But Yeah, but everyone knew that Rob Van Dam liked to toke. I mean, so it's like, true. I mean, they like punish RVD, but Matt Riddle, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's I think it's like an NFL kind of situation now. You're like, Back in the day, they would find people or fire people for smoking pot in the NFL back in the day. And now it's more so like, oh, well, you know what I mean? We'll give they, you just lifted, they just lifted the marijuana policy in WWE. They just lifted that. I just heard about that, yeah. I mean, when I saw that, it, did you really believe that everyone who got busted smoking pot was punished? Do you really no. believe that? No, not yeah. at all. It's a political thing. That's all it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You just can't – you can't uh, – you gotta look, not look bad. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I do think a lot of the, a lot of what they were doing is just like, okay, well, if you can't, you know, if if Triple H or Batista gets caught with something, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, but if you but if you were a lower mid card guy, you best believe you were, I think you were getting in some kind, at least a fine, at least a, a nice little fine, you know. What other do you watch WWE or what other promotions do you watch? I watch everything everything and uh, i try to watch it on a weekly basis i don't get to watch everything like uh in terms of sit down on a couch and watch it i usually watch the highlights of every show and so i watch uh i watch nxt i watch raw smackdown i watch uh aew i haven't watched last night's AEW yet uh i watch impact uh i try to get new japan whenever i can so i always try to always try to watch not really watch but study studied wrestling as a wrestling fan, if the, the WWE does not produce Cody Rhodes for WrestleMania, mm -hmm. you think that's going to be a hit for them? Man, I kind of, I kind of, as a fan and as a, as a fan, I kind of wish they don't take Cody Rhodes back. I, I kind of wish that they didn't make that move. And I, I don't think it's a smart move for Cody. I think financially it's a smart move for Cody, but I think in terms of his overall legacy, I, I really wish he would have stayed with AEW because I, I truly believe AEW is going to drop him out. <laughs> you know, the first chance they get, you know what I mean? He's going to have a nice, he, he's going to show up a nice and shiny for WrestleMania and then maybe have some decent feuds. But around this time next year, I really don't think they, they, 
I don't think they ever took Cody that seriously. You know, I don't think they ever thought he would make it to his where he is. And yeah, I, I, if if he doesn't show up at Mania, I would that would to me would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah, Michael just yelled at me, going, "Don't you say that!" They're saying he'll be there, Mania. Mike will be watching it anyway, but you know that's. Yeah, what do you what do you think? Do you think uh, do you think it'd be great if he shows up? Do you think what do you think will happen? I think after all the thing, all the emotions when he first left, it broke my heart mm. because I face this this podcast kind of like based on AEW boys about doing your own thing. Don't worry about what other people are saying. Just be you. Mm-hmm. And Cody going back is kind of makes it feel like you know he made a bet with Vince one dinner and they had too much to drink and he said I could do this. He's like, oh yeah, he goes yeah. out and he comes back like, you see, I did it. Yeah, like, yeah. It feels like it's just like it feels like a real betrayal. Yeah, honestly, it does feel like a betrayal one one hundred percent. And uh, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Like uh, if you're an AEW startup, like you, AEW would not be AEW without Cody Rhodes. You know, uh, he was the main one going up against Vince and, and saying the things he wanted to say. And well, it's us against them. And then to go back, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right after, uh, right after, yeah, all that. It just seems kind of tacky to me. But I understand the money is the money, right? I understand that Co- Tony Khan doesn't want to pay the same amount that, that uh, he's paying CM Punk because Cody Rhodes isn't CM Punk. You know, um, I don't like and this is not a knock to Cody. Uh, you know, I, I like him a lot as a wrestler and a talent. Uh, he wasn't a, a needle mover, in my opinion. Um, like him being on a card doesn't really make a difference for the, the WWE, in my opinion. Does, does it for you? To me, no. I mean, yeah. he, a lot of times he'll come on and I'll just be like, yeah, you turn off the change, turn, change channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he, he put on some great matches over there at AEW. That's exciting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the him going back and and uh, getting into an interesting feud, yeah, that'd be great for the next few weeks. And then what happens after that when he's when he's jobbing out the T bar on a main event or something? You know? Yeah, it's like Bobby Lashley going after Omos now. Yeah, that's like. Yeah. Former WWE world champion. Doesn't get a rematch. He gets almost. Mm-hmm. Like- yeah, same thing with Drew. Same thing with Drew McIntyre. Like, you know, these, these are the guys that kind of carry the company over the past, what, 18 months. And now it's just, they're kind of an afterthought. But that's just the business. That's just the business. You know, they got to get the other guys forward, push other guys in front. And- yeah, but if Cody doesn't show. Mm-hmm. How's that go for WrestleMania as a card? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I know I probably will get in trouble for saying this, but like, I'm not excited. This is probably my least favorite WrestleMania ever. Like, I'm not really excited. I have no interest in it. Yeah, I'm more excited for uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn for the IC strap more than anything else. Only because I feel like they're going to steal the show in a way. Well, did, <laughs> did he drop the IC strap to Ricochet? Oh yeah, you're right. He dropped the ice. He shot the ricochet a few weeks ago. You're right. Playing, like you gotta really give Paul Logan a tile shot. Yeah. Really? Or a giant knock? I'm sorry, giant knock's got a tile shot. Yeah. And then think about this: your Intercontinental and United States Champion aren't even on the card for WrestleMania. Isn't that yeah, something? That? <laughs> the Andre Battle Royal the day before. Yeah. 
It's just yeah. like it yeah. A, a lot of the WWE is kind of scary right now. Like, do you like your in your opinion? Do you think the WWE is going to get sold anytime soon? And do you think that they're gearing up for a sale? It's still gearing up for a sale. Yeah. Just something's going on. I mean, just the cuts and everything, and it's like they cut like 180 people just to have like Johnny Knoxville for WrestleMania, Paul Wogan. It's just like, yeah, yeah, makes makes no sense to a point where it's insulting. I had to stop watching WWE a while ago. Oh, you haven't watched in a while. I mean, I, I mean, I still keep you know. You, of course, everywhere you go on the internet, you'll hear the match card, the matches like mm-hmm. McAfee versus Austin Theory. Right, no, right. Great. But anyways, so it's like if, if, if you're wrestling, even look at the ending sing scene, you always could get WWE news no matter where you go. Yeah, yeah, sure. But event wise, I saw uh, Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. and that was the last. I guess that was the last pay per view they had in general. But it was just like last week getting hurt and Lesnar not even waiting for the buzzer to go off and breaks it up. It's like really and we have reigns and lesnar for the fourth time third time maybe yeah it's there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh there's no there's no really i don't know in terms of story i watch all wrestling and i feel like yeah there definitely isn't any continuity in terms of story they kind of just throw shit at the wall and see what see what stick you know the biggest names and you know it is what it is um but i really can't tell you one one match that i'm really excited for what about you is there any matches that you're excited for if there was just one match that I was excited for, I would be like, all right, screw it, and pay the five bucks. There's nothing. Yeah. I mean, I was like, the, the Ring of Honor card coming up. I mean, there was mm-hmm. like one great match, and then the rest of me was like, eh, okay, the Impact card was be- seemed better. So I'm like, I'll get mm-hmm. the Impact card instead. But professional wrestling these days, you get interested in one promotion, and same night, four or five different promotions has an event going on. And you have to yeah, one it's pretty nuts it's pretty exciting yeah oh it's nice considering what the old wwe days when they monopolized the market yeah yeah it's definitely great that there's places to go now you know like you turn on you turn on anything you can see you know impact roh you know you see all these different places you know and i'm, I'm interested to see what tony khan does with roh now that he owns it i'm interested to see like does it still exist do you you know like what what happens with that you know I hear he's gonna become it's gonna become like an NXT, like kind of developmental for AEW, which is mm. fine. It's a, it's a good idea. Do something with it instead of just when fall apart, go to hell. Yeah. But if you had control of WWE, what are some things you would change to generate more fans? Ooh, ooh. So it's it's kind of weird because in terms of like they're doing really successful right now, but in terms of Generating more fans, I think their the problem with them right now is they have to deal with sponsor sponsorships and things like that. Like you can't a certain rule they can't do literally not even half the things they used to do. Like I watched an old episode of Raw, and not any of it could be played today. No, <laughs> I remember no. just in this in that whole Raw, I may have seen maybe about ten minutes of actual wrestling, and everything else was just not not for kids. So. Um, I, you know, I love what AEW is doing in terms of like putting wrestling more so on the forefront of things. Um, do I feel like they they need some work with, in terms of like uh, keeping their top talent where their talent needs to be? I think they have a lot of 
people, too many people floating in and out the doors. But your question was about WWE. So what would I do to change the WWE? Well, if um, there's another promotion that you say, like, no, I don't know, but this one I know I could do. That's fine as well. Yeah, I, I feel like the best thing would be for Disney maybe to buy WWE. First, I thought it would be terrible. But now I think that might be a good idea. I think like a fresh take on on the WWE is exactly what they need right now. Um, on paper, they're doing really well. On on YouTube, their YouTube views are through the roof. But I, I watched, if you look at a, a graph of what the ratings were 20 years ago and what the ratings are now, and then oh, what the ratings are and, uh, five years ago as opposed to now, like their, their audience is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where they're just barely over a, a million every week. You know, I remember when you when you and I were growing up, they were coming up, they were, it was what, five, six, seven million people watching every, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, that dynamic. Yeah, I would just say let Disney take over, man. I think, uh, I don't think it could hurt at this point. Yeah, I don't think it'll hurt either at this point. Uh, just, this began should just retire somewhere. Just let it, the product will probably get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Vince needs to, Vince, you know, needs to, I don't know, he needs to call to quits. <laughs> he needs to call to quits. I mean, what more could you, what more is there to reach as a, as a billionaire businessman? You know, I understand you don't want to see your baby possibly get destroyed, but I don't think Disney, let's say it goes to Disney. I don't think Disney would let that happen. If it goes to Fox, I don't think Fox will let that happen to a certain extent. So, so Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like, are you, a, are you a football fan? You watch NFL? Yeah. yeah. It's like the Dallas Cowboys. They have they can't go somewhere if Jerry Jones stops sticking his hand in the cookie jar. Right, right, right. Absolutely. That's but how I you, got a, you got an owner that wants to be the coach. <laughs> yeah, really. It's just, what's wrong? You want to say hi? Hello. You want to say hi? <laughs> Hello. She just woke up for a nap. <laughs> I, I say you have to stick it up for us. Have Are you? Son, the host, she's the IT. Show. She's the IT department. <laughs> very loud IT department. <laughs> Are you okay? How long have uh, How long have you been in a wrestling fan? How long have you, long have you been into it? <laughs> You're really gonna make me sound old, aren't you? <laughs> Since 88. 88. Nice, WrestleMania nice. 3. Wow. So you guys are, so you guys were what? Boss, boss man. And uh, who were your favorite wrestlers back in the day? She's fine. She's just acting like a diva, my little girl. But anyways, back in the day, oh, geez, I was never a Hulkamaniac. Hmm. I never liked Hogan for some reason. I just, something about him just, didn't rub me the right way. And from the sounds of it, he was a bad guy. So I don't know what's. Well, but, you know, I always liked, like the Steamboats, the Honky Talk Man. It's like the Intercontinental Champion type level guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rick Rude was my probably. Rude. He's like my top three of all time. Rick Rude is. I'm surprised I didn't mention that. Like, that's what really got me going when I first started training was like just watching old clips of Rick Rude and. When I first started watching wrestling, I saw Rick Rude, and I didn't. And I was a little kid, man. I didn't know what he was. All I knew is this guy was an asshole. <laughs> you know, like this guy would show up. He was he was cut from head to toe. You know, he'd take off his robe. He would kiss your girlfriend in front of you, 
And, you know what I mean? And then he would drop her on the mat. And like, oh, I didn't want her. I just wanted to let you know that any time, you know, I could have her. It was things like that. As a child, I was like, whoa, what, it, what is that? That it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I remember that. I remember the WWF back then world was shocked when Rick Rude pinned the ultimate warrior for an intercontinental championship. It's mm-hmm. like he beat the warrior because the warrior was unbeatable back then. Yeah. Warrior got the title back in a couple months later, but at that time it was just like the shock of all shocks. It's a big deal. Yeah. The big deal. I mean, forget about Bobby Brain, Dehenan holding the warrior's foot down while the referee is counting three, but we'll forget about that part. That's. <laughs> yeah. It's all semantics now. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much telling that. That's a man. That was a good question you threw at me about one of my favorite wrestlers back then. I never really thought about that. But would you do? Would you personally do any death matches, or is that just? No, I am not a death match. I am not a death match fan. Um, I, I, I see. There's a lot of that out here in SoCal. It's just not for me, you know. Um. Yeah, I'm not a deathmatch guy. <laughs> I was never into that growing up. You know, I watched it when I was growing up, like the ECW and the XPW. But now that these days everything gets a little watered down, these days it's just like, okay, you know, it's good, but not like before. Like before it was deathmatches with naked women around and they didn't fucking care. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, now it's like they have to censor a little bit, which is kind of like it ruins the fun. You know, it's just like, come on. Ruins the fun. Yeah, I understand that. Like, it's great to see it live. But uh, in, in terms of myself, I would probably, it'd probably take me a lot of money to get into a death match with a feud with anybody. You know, or something, if a feud led up to a death match. I noticed a lot of that happens out here where it's just a death match for no reason. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of, I think that's kind of stupid. I feel like a death match, to me as a fan, it kind of should include a feud. You know, it's just it's like if it's gotten to that point, it's like, all right, death match time. You know? Yeah, and make it not like AEW's death match. Mm-hmm. When they're just big explosion about to happen and you saw sparklers and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they so really gotta do rehearsals and things like that before they do stuff like that. They had a refund eight hundred thousand dollars worth of pay-per-view vibes because people were pissed. Oh boy. Yeah, but, that's uh, welcome to the wrestling world. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about your other projects you have going on. You're an actor, artist, and filmmaker. Yes. Uh, right now, I have a film right now that we just completed. It's a short film. It's called Contingency that I wrote over COVID uh, with my uh, partner Eric Zaragoza, and we shot that last year. We're having the premiere this summer out here in Los Angeles. And in a few weeks, in about a week and a half, we're shooting a trailer just for like a Mad Max kind of project that we've been talking about. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, it's exactly like that. It's like Mad Max. And uh, I kind of play a character based off of my character, the God King in the ring. He based it off of that, called myself the Road King. And so uh, basically my character kind of collects people in the future. Imagine like Mad Max utopian type thing. And then uh I collect people and I drain them of their sweat because there's no more water left on the planet. And I just keep their sweat in jars. So I'm really excited about that character, actually. That's interesting. That would keep you alive. That's interesting. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I didn't think it's funny either way. But uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to, to chain some people up and uh, torture some people. <laughs> could be worse, could be pissed. 
<laughs> it's true, you're right? It's drinking urine out in the desert. <laughs> and you're you're an artist as well. Yeah. Um, well, more so, more so, just filming and uh, acting and filmmaking. So I, I I'd like to get into guitar. To be honest with you, I like to rock. That's one of my favorite things to do. Once a week, my friends and I try to find a way to do karaoke, and I I just I love uh, alternative rock music. Uh, I love all music, but uh, in terms to sing to, that's what I like to sing to. But um, that was, that was a yeah. double whammy towards you, you know. COVID hit, wrestling venues are closed, music venues are closed. He's probably just like, "What the fuck?" Oh yeah, I was going, I was going pretty nutty in here, man. I was going pretty nutty in here. At least I got to train a little bit over COVID. That's true. Was... Yeah, yeah. I yeah. say so you could train no matter what, but yeah, they have to unlock the doors for you to train first. So yeah. Yeah, all that crap. But you say things are getting better. Things are getting a lot better now. Things are getting back to normal now. You know, especially out here in LA with shows and things like that. Have you ever heard a comedian in the LA area named Robin Trent? Robin Trent sounds very familiar. Yeah, it's my, my sister-in-law. Used, oh. used to be my brother-in-law, but decided to have the change and sister-in-law now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, out there uh, doing the stand-up comedy, like a Laugh Factory type stuff? Yeah, 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 stuff like that, yeah. About trans-Asian women. About trans Oh, he, he, she does stand-up about trans-Asian women. Yeah. Oh. And she's a trans-Asian her, herself, so it's kind of like makes... Hey, as long as everyone's happy and not hitting me up for money, I do not care. Go on, do what you want. God bless, God speed. Yeah, have you seen her? Uh, have you seen her special at all, or no, her stand up? Or... I have before, yes. Okay. Yeah. Was it funny? Is a dog barking? It was funny to a point, but it was like it's it put like a Chris Rock type deal, you know? It's like made fun of every family member and stuff like that. The family members who they made fun of were offended by it. Oh wow! So of course I was just like the whole time like laughing, but I was like, this is not gonna be good. Wait till they get winner. <laughs> not gonna be good because they're very like business like people. Very like the opposite of me. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, very astute and all uh, professional business type and like uh, I guess res- uh, conservative. Conservative. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of those people got. You know, I'm Vermont, so I'm burning Sanders till I die. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, during the whole Quentin Sanders thing. When Clinton won, they said, oh, you got to pick Clinton or Trump. And I was like, I'm Ryan Burning in. No, 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 no. You got to pick one. Mm-hmm. I was like, and after a while, I was like, fine, I got to pick one. I'll pick Trump. Just to say, said that to piss him off. Mm-hmm. And he stopped, he stopped talking to me. It's been four years. Oh, boy. People are, people are always in their feelings about. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, even when the kids were born, I was like, let's bury the hatchet. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, some people I, I, just, uh, I just don't get. I can't. I can't imagine just cutting someone off because of their political beliefs. I think that's very silly, you know? Yeah. But what, what, how do you handle trolls and people's like on the internet go like, Oh, you suck or stuff like that. How do you handle that? Man. Um, ah, that's a very good question. I am getting better at handling. Like yesterday I had a troll yesterday and I just decided to block him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and literally, this is not something I've been doing. This is 
I used to respond to the trolls. Like I used to give them what they wanted, which is an argument, right? You want to argue on the internet. And uh, yeah, half like not even before the argument started, I went, who are you? And then I just blocked you, <laughs> you know? It's just like, well, who needs that? I kind of worry about that. Like how do, how do like celebrities and people just deal with people? Like you go online and of course no one says good things online. You might get like 30 bad things and then one person says, oh, I like his shoes or something like that, you know? But um, yeah, I, I try not to let it get to me too much because I'm one of those people that, like you can tell me a compliment and I'll go, uh-huh, cool, thank you, man, I really appreciate it. But you can say, oh yeah, well, you can give me a, a critique and then that's what will make me go, why? Why are you saying this or da-da-da-da-da, you know? Like I'll really delve into it and I'm trying just not to even give it a grain of salt anymore. You know, because it's not good for the mental. I feel like, especially on the internet now, if you're looking at anything, you're going to see a bunch of negative comments under. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because people are tough guys on the keyboard. They can say whatever they want, feel like there's no consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's a, a keyboard warrior nowadays. Exactly. And um, in a couple of days, I'll be, yep, I got to bring this up. You're right. I got to bring this up. I had a couple of guests on the show, females, would be like, you know, hey, this, these, guys are like being told I did disrespectful perverts, you know, kind of like, you know, just fans. And I was like, what, you want me to call them out on the air? They're like, ha, 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 ha. Like, Could you? So I'm like, hey, okay. So it's like, yeah, I'll piss people off. Let's do that. Nice, nice, nice. How's that, how's that working out? Uh, I record the episode tomorrow, actually. I want to do some research. Like odds and ends about women, the workforce, and stuff like that in general. And so I'll be recording that tomorrow. But yeah, oh, it's good. But I have no promise speaking my piece. Mm-hmm. I had no promise, you know, saying like, I thought Leah Thomas, I thought that people didn't say anything when her name was in the lineup. She wins. Now people are complaining. Well, you should have said something before the race started. Sure, you. Sure. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, you know. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so. Trying to be a yeah. good guy. I understand that, brother. I understand that 100%. So what do you see yourself in five years? Ooh. To be quite honest, as much as I love wrestling, I feel like in five years, I'd rather be making my own films with my, with my uh, friends, my, uh, my compadres, if you will, and pros- possibly having a wrestling promotion. It's something that I think I've, I've always wanted more so more than wrestling is to have a wrestling promotion. So hopefully in five years, that would be pretty awesome. And start a band. If, if, if uh, you know, if I decide to rest, uh, to retire from uh, in-ring activities, start a band. Cause I really want to learn how to play guitar and sing in a band. Why are you so fussy? I don't know. So where would you start your promotion? Oh man, I guess here. I mean, yeah, out here in California, I guess. You know, All right, that's a good place to start it. You know, a lot of connections, a lot of hype. A lot of connections, a lot of hype. I would love to. There's a wrestling promotion that I'm actually trying to get with right now in South Carolina. It's called Old School Championship Wrestling. South Carolina is where I'm from originally, and and uh, to wrestle for them would be pretty cool because I used to go. For the, I used to go to their shows when I was a teenager before I moved out here. So to wrestle for them would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, sorry? You'd be like going back home. 
Yeah, definitely. Going back home, wrestling in my hometown, I think that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. There's not much wrestling in South Carolina. So nah, not as much as California. Mm-hmm. So what's coming up for you that's already wrestling wise that's signed, sealed, whoever you're ready to get in the ring for? Uh what is up for me in wrestling? You mean in terms of like promotions or you mean in yeah, terms well, of like well, what's, what's events you have coming up? Oh, uh, right now I'm with D6W, and uh, they're, they're out in Barstow, California, and I have a lot of fun. I really have fun with that promotion just because uh, it's, they really let me be creative, you know? They're really, uh, they're really big on storyline and keeping fan interest, and I really think that's cool in the indies because they, not a lot of indie promotions really focus on story too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Mostly it's get your shit in and then get out type vibe. But uh, D6W has uh, been pretty good to me. Also, Compton Mania has been pretty good to me, too. It's a promotion out in Compton that uh, is pretty fun, man. Uh, right now, I'm in a tag team right now with Boom Shasta. We're called the Boom Gods. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking to take the gold this summer off the Rock and Rodeo Express. So that's, that's the plan. And, uh, and last but not least right now is I'm with uh, WPW, which is Wrestling Pro Wrestling, which is a comedy promotion. And I wrestle as Pop Tart Boy, mm-hmm. and uh, which I can send you some pictures and photos. It's just basically me in a giant Pop Tart suit with my arms out. And uh, yeah, what's wrong with that? I've interviewed wrestlers before that dressed up like He Man, going wrestling the ring, fighting Bellator. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, I, as a fan, when before I became a wrestler, I hated comedy wrestling with a passion. I just, I, I would never go to see a comedy wrestling show. Like to me, wrestling's kind of, I know it sounds weird, but wrestling's kind of sacred to me in a way. Like I don't like, a too, I don't like too far to the left or too far to the right. I like right in the middle. So like, I didn't, I didn't like comedy wrestling. I don't like deathmatch wrestling. I'm more, I'm more so like the, the mid card, you know, the, the ones that the workers, you know what I mean? The guys that put on the clinics. And so that's mostly what I've been into. Mid Carters, I mean, don't you want to be the main event, the heavyweight champion? Oh, of course. That that would also that that's the dream for any wrestler, right? Um, but in terms of like being like, this is my second year wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm making waves out here. I'm having a blast doing it, but um, I really just want to be. I have friends that wrestle out here: Kid Bandit, um, Hellman Rose Crown, uh, Ishmael Vaughn, and these, you know it's great to, to want to push for the pros. That's the goal, right? To push for the pros. But um, for me, I'm multi-talented. I kind of got my hand in every pot. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm a mid-card guy, if I'm in a tag team right now, I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I just want to be a better wrestler, to be honest with you. Being like really good is way more important to me than getting signed right now. Yeah. What what's the deal with Kid Bandit? I messed him twice to come on. He's like ducking me. I'm like, what do I do to piss you off? A uh, Kid Bandit is a is he's a weirdo. <laughs> he and I kind of have a love hate relationship. Currently, a hate relationship right now. But uh, yeah, he and I started training together at Santino's before COVID, and uh, to see his transformation, this is one of the things that's undeniable about about this kid. Like, you see his transformation from being a 300 pound plus. I mean, the guy's got to be, what, four foot nine, five foot, you know, yeah. he, he was 300 pounds when we started training together, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to see how pretty much nobody believed in him, like nobody, they, he didn't get any emotional support or anything 
from a lot of guys. You know, it's kind of a shark tank. It's kind of a shark tank there. And um, he, to see what he's done and what he's accomplished is just, it is amazing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard good, I, I've heard he got signed for Japan. I've heard good things about where he's going. It's like good for him. I've, I have all well for him. Just what did I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, there goes back to the weirdo part. He is a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So where can people find you online? Uh, online. You know, it's funny. I I have all this footage of me of the God King, and I, and it's my fault. I haven't really started posting anything. So I have all these matches and shit. Like, my phone is filled to the brim with matches that I just need to upload. And I've uploaded about 20 so far, but I just need to unlock it and do the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I would say YouTube and, and uh, Twitter and just all the social media platforms right now. Uh, well, I appreciate it. If you have anything you want me to promote for you, just shoot me a DM. I'll, I'll just promote it for you. Thank you. And I really, I really appreciate this interview, man. I appreciate uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you putting up with my crew, so to speak. <laughs> yes, but, but when you win the maybe one promise, when you win those tag titles, mm -hmm. you come back on. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's the Every. year. Gold, gold all around this year. So that's what I like to hear. Well, Tim, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And we'll definitely keep in touch because I want you to come back on with those titles. Yes, sir. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. I'll be watching. I will not return until I'm a champion. I promise you that. <laughs> Very good. Come back as a conqueror of the promotion. Indeed, the God King, yes. <laughs> well, you take yeah. care of yourself. Thank you very much. Thank you, my man. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye.